Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I used to be an awful boss. Um, awful. Because, you know, you don't, you can't learn to be a boss. Like, you, you can't, no teacher will tell you how to be a good boss. Hi, I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter. Where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers, and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. And we're back. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Welcome back. back to Fashion No Filter. Fashion No Filter. Hi, Monica. Hi, Cammy. How are you? Good. How How have you been? Well, I've been just great, thanks. What have you been up to? Um, I feel like we should give people an update on our lives. Yeah, what's all the clever stuff we've been doing, Cam Cams? Well, I have... Um, it's been quite stressful, actually, and I... I shouldn't complain, but I've been redoing my flat and I thought it would be something that was quite fun. And in fact, it's really quite stressful. And turns out when you paint rooms a new color, it's exactly the same as when you go and get your hair cut at the hairdressers. And when you look at yourself, even though you've been planning on having a fringe for days and days and days, and you look, you've looked at all these inspiration pictures, when you actually look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, who is that? And you cry. And I did the same this morning. I woke up and I, I, my new walls are green and I looked at them and I burst into tears. Uh, yeah. And I'm not like, saying you called me. I'm not saying you called me hysterical about your walls, but I'm also not not saying. I don't it. understand how anybody can get so upset about a color on the wall. But I get I, it. You've got to look at that color for a long time. Uh, what have I done? Oh, uh, well, Cammy, um got really cross with me because I went on holiday and I was too embarrassed that I was on holiday because I was like, well, I just don't know if I really deserve this and all this kind of thing. So I just basically didn't post all those holiday pics that everyone loves. And luckily, Miss Charial gave me a kick all, kick up the old bottom and was like, I just knew that you, Monica post. was on holiday and she just disappeared off Instagram. And I said, Are you too embarrassed to post that you're on holiday? Yeah, I was. But actually, I guess I did kind of deserve it because I did shoot for all of Paris Fashion Week. I shot um, a video series that I presented for Elle International called Elle Behind the Seams. So if you want to see me running around Paris interviewing people on video... You can Google it. It's on El Italia, El Spain, El Netherlands, El Japan. Cool. Well, we'll look out for that. And um, today, what have we got today? Today, we've got someone really exciting because we wanted to bring you someone who's sort of made it big in the fashion industry quite quickly and who's working 
on the tech side of things because we hadn't done that yet. Someone who has built their own business and who has got some tips and tricks on how to create not a brand, but a business. She's also, um, full disclosure, our friend. And I have to say that Alexandra is one of the people I look to for advice, uh, work advice the most. She's incredibly direct, straightforward. She doesn't mince words. I mean, she'll put yours, you in front of her as a friend. She'll put herself in your position and really think about it, which I appreciate. And she's got some great advice and she's really brilliant. Yeah. So she's launched a website called Tag Walk, which has been heralded as the Google of fashion, the f- fashion's first search engine. Uh, this is heralded by the New York Times, the Financial Times. I mean, press, you name it, she's had it in the past three years. Um, that's all it's been since she launched her startup, Tagwalk, in her apartment. Yeah, so we wanted to get her in to chat to us about what it's really like launching a business. And I think both Monica and I, when we started in the industry, had a few years of S- slow years, I would call them, where you're like unsure of where you're going and and whether you're making the right decisions and ha- like you know how do you decide like whether you love your job enough to stick it out and I or if I always get so many questions from my followers about um, how I got to where I am today and I just thought it would be really nice to have a series where we're asking people a little bit about how they got to where they they have. Yeah, following on from last episode with Jenny Walton, which we got a lot of great feedback on. And we found it so interesting to hear about her path to glory. So enjoy, because now you're going to hear Alexandra's. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back Alex, to Fashion No Filter. Lovely to have you with us. Hi. Thank Hi, Alexandra. Alexandra Van Hoot, what a star. <laughs> Here in our studio. I know. It's a great honor, my dear. <laughs> we have the Google of Fashion for you today. Which would make you the founder of the Google of Fashion. Well, hopefully. Who founded Google again? Oh, God. God, can we, no, can we not? Okay, okay let's just I talk don't about, actually know. Let's talk about Tagwalk. How do you spell Tagwalk? T-A-G-W-A-L-K. Tagwalk has been has been dubbed as the first search engine yeah. for fashion. Is that right? Yeah. So basically, well, it is the first. Um, so it's not dubbed, by Sorry. the way. <laughs> it's a fact. Um, it's a fact. It's a proven fact. No, yeah, yeah. It's definitely the first um, website that has every single fashion show, every single accessory, every single model, but referenced by keyword, which means that you can really search, um, yeah, whatever your inspiration is whether it's dominatrix or romantic 1960s so if i'm looking for who has made a pink sparkly dress this season i just go on the website and type yeah. in pink as kemi does regularly yes <laughs> yes yes as we all know <laughs> i don't know why that just came into my mind See, it's quite interesting. <laughs> who's the psychiatrist here um basically yeah you just go on tag walk it's free put pink sparkly dress and every pink sparkly dress from every single show will come up automatically. So it's really a B2B um, business-to-business website. But there's a lot of people in the business of fashion. Yeah, so we know what's in it for us in terms of finding the sparkly dresses we want yeah. and anything else we could possibly imagine. But what's in it for the brands who are your clients? Um, well, that's the million-dollar question. No, basically, for brands, it's really interesting to see the traffic that's happening. So is pink being searched versus blue? Is it sparkly versus sequin? Is it long dress versus short dress? Then we get all of the trends really in advance. So we can predict what's happening within the industry. So whether it's in America, um, which is a really, really big uh, audience for us, or Europe or China, we can really kind of see the difference in trends um, pretty much day after day. 
Can you tell us a little bit how you came up with the idea? Because I feel like we need to take a step back and take yeah. our listeners through exactly what tag what is what it does so that they understand why we wanted to bring you here today because for us it's obvious because we've used your search engine but I don't think for everybody out there it might be yeah we want to know how you came up with this brilliant idea yeah actually that's probably a good way to start this whole fashion filter um I have I used to be a fashion assistant which basically means that I used to work in the magazine various magazines whether it was French L, Grazia, Vogue Italy and my job was to really search for clothes in order to put the clothes on models and then to photo shoot them and then put them in magazines. That's the kind of really basic essence of what I used to do. And then I realized that there were too many shows, too many designers, too many seasons, too many young designers, and there was nothing to categorize them. So my job was really annoying in a way, <laughs> and I'm really impatient. So, so what, you just had to spend hours on the internet? Hours browsing the internet. Just like, Googling yeah. yeah, or going you know, on websites that do have shows, being like, okay, she wants red dresses, great. The and fashion then, editor being the she would say, yeah. I need red dresses for this shoe. Yeah, and I would have to go through every single show because obviously you remember the main shows, but then you can't remember 500 shows a season. And then I got fired uh, from my magazine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is, I think, an important... <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, because my boss got fired, so I got fired. It's uh, a whole fashion yeah, thing, and I was 25 at the time, and... You know, it was really a bad time for me because at 25, you're fired, you have a good job, which you kind of like-ish. I don't, didn't love it. Like, you know, I used to spend like my life being on all fours, putting like small shoes on big feet. Ooh, that sounded naughtier than what I was <laughs> It did sound naughty, but then wasn't that naughty. It was actually really scrummy. Small shoes. Um, small feet. shoes on big models' feet. And it was really depressing and I got fired. And then my parents were kind of really panicked, being like, hey, this girl needs a job. Like, right. She studied Mandarin for four years. She lived in China, blah, blah. And then I really had this idea, um, which for some really weird reason I really believed in without really knowing why. I just knew that I needed it. So it was more of a selfish reason, I guess. Um, and my parents, you know, I didn't have a business plan. My parents didn't really understand the industry, so no one could really help me out. I obviously didn't tell anyone about it because I wanted to keep my idea a secret. Um, secret idea. Because you're smart. Um, well, hopefully I am. I didn't tell anybody I had a blog at the beginning, but that's just because I was ashamed of what I <laughs> No. Yeah, it's true. That's it's so true. Sad. I was so embarrassed to have this because it's when I was still working in finance at a hedge fund and I was so scared that if an investor Googled my name, they would come up with... Is that what's coming over the rainbow? Yes. It's my parallel universe. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's really sweet. That's it's so... Really it's like a parallel, sweet. like your little fairy. No, that's what it was supposed to be, my fairyland, where I was that's allowed to do what so I wanted. Sweet. Because like when you're younger, you're drummed into your head that your CV and like yeah. the, the the persona that you are on social media is so important and I think yeah. that's increasing as people like research your name you know yeah. any information that can be found on you on the internet can affect the way people perceive you without having met yeah. you 100%. I never I've taken I've asked all the people I've done conferences for to take away all my YouTube videos all of them. It's my dream to have a Google cleanup. It's my dream for someone yeah. to go into Google and clear you know up it's all possible, the huh? Oh yes I'm just like Wait you I'm pay just, someone to do that for yeah. you? Yes. Like they porn stars do it. Off. I'm not saying yeah. I'm a porn star. When, they're ex, when <laughs> they become ex- it's like when they, when they become is Ivanka that the Trump. Parallel universe. <laughs> is it when they move from like oh I used to be in lesbian porn to now, now I'm, I'm married in. to Donald yeah. Trump? <laughs> oh, that kind of that kind of cleanup. <laughs> but anyway, back to Tagwalk. So so yeah. So I really had this idea, which I started on my sofa. And, you know, with the money I got fired from, um, I created it. And my parents would be like, oh, we've never seen Alexandra work so hard, so let's just let her do her thing. It's really With your weird. severance pay? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
That's how I created Hogwarts. Wow. And did you start looking for investors quite quickly? Or? No, my God, I didn't even know investors existed. Okay. I mean, I was so naive about the whole thing. So I created this on my really cool IKEA sofa. Uh, ikea life this and podcast is not sponsored by ikea yeah. but it could be it should be ikea really should you can be. hear us <laughs> actually i think it really should be because ikea you guys really created a great website thanks to your amazing sofa which i lived on for about a year and a half um so i really continued and then i launched a website which was cool in april on the 12th of april 2016 so it's actually almost three years and um it's really weird because the french market really didn't help me at first, uh, like no interviews, no journalists. Hmm. All the, then I was like, oh, investors would be great. So then kind of like Googled who were the cool investors in France. So, and so then, when you just started, like talk us through the infancy, what, what what was the website? Just you in a room, like putting things, referencing. Yeah, literally me on my sofa at home all day long in my PJs, um, tagging pictures manually one wow. by one wow. in both languages. Um, so there were like a million spelling mistakes when the website came out. <laughs> Obviously, it's all fine now. Um, and it was just me kind of, yeah, I had this vision of this website, which I which really pulled, pulled through, actually. Um, it's just then people got really excited, you know, more investors. And people in finance got really excited about it. I didn't really Through understand why. Mouth, it started yeah. creating a lot of buzz pretty early, I feel like. Yeah, except for, so French investors all, um, all turned me down one by uh -huh. one. Um, one because they were like well if you're in fashion it's obviously because you want advertising on your website which is exactly what I did not want for my website because if you go on Tagwalk you'll see that there are no banners brands don't pay to be better referenced and that's always what I wanted and there's no paywall because I didn't want the assistants who didn't have money to pay to be on Tagwalk like it just right. sounded really you know for me it was just a bit ludicrous this whole thing so one investor was like, okay, well, clearly if you're in fashion, you need banners. Otherwise, we won't invest. I was like, well, I don't want banners, so bye. Think outside the box, baby. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Think like, outside the banner. And that's the thing, like when you... <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Funny. Oh, it's an open bar today. I, I had some chocolate before I can got I just, Can I just preempt? Like, can yeah. I just... Monica tried to convince me that we should get a bit drunk before coming in today. Oh, thanks for me. I would have been like the sober one. Uh, well, okay. But I, no, I was going to bring wine and give you some too. Oh, yeah. That could have been... It's because last time we were both hungover and we thought the result was pretty good. So she was like, maybe we just need to drink more. Well, we were like, why was... But if you're hangover, that means you drank the night before. Yeah, well, that's from school, right? Where it's like, are you, does it mean you're drunk? No, it means I was drunk yesterday, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the talk. <laughs> anyway, I'm not drunk and I wasn't even drunk yesterday. And we had, yeah, neither was I. Um, yeah, and so then the other investor was like, okay, well, that's great. I think we should do like Google. You sh people should pay to be better referenced when you type a keyword. And that's exactly what I didn't want because then it became completely unbiased. And I really wanted to get the biased. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was completely biased. Unequal. And I really yeah. wanted young designers to get as much chance as older, you know, more kind of respected designers or famous designers. And yeah. then someone else was like, yeah, we should have a paywall. And I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. I don't want one. So then everyone, you know, refused me, rejected me, felt awful. No one spoke about me in France, which was awful. And um, and then, yeah, and then it all How got How long did that go on for, um, would you say? May, June, July, August, holes, um, holidays, uh, September, October, six months. Wow. Yeah. Six months, which are pretty... So so all this time, you were there any moments where you just wanted to give up? What can you tell people who are like launching yeah. an entrepreneur, entrepreneur... I can't say really that word. word. Entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial um, 
business, in fashion or even in other industries, because I think it's all the same when yeah. you're like, what can you say to people who like feel like nothing is happening? How do you keep going? Um, it's a really good question. Actually, I get asked that question in conferences the whole time. And it's the same principle whether you work in like pharmacy, pharmaceuticals or whatever. Like when you create your company, I think the first thing is to really, really believe in your idea because that you have to convince yourself the people you want to employ, your lawyers, your investors, the people around you, your family. So I think if you don't 100% believe in what you're doing, someone's going to knock you down and you won't really be able to get back up. So I think that's the first thing. Um, the second one is really knowing the reasons why you're creating this because then it really helps you to um, preempt all those bad times because then you'll have an assistant be like, oh, I used Tagwalk and it was great. So even if the big investor didn't, doesn't think it's great, at least you know that the reason why you created it is working. Mm. And I think that's really important. And then I'd say the last one is really surround yourself, which actually I made that mistake. I When I used to doubt, I used to ask a million questions to a million people. Mm. And then obviously people have different opinions. So then you get a million different opinions and a million different results and then you get really lost. And I really narrowed that circle, circle down to five people. And I would have done that from the start had I known. It's just to really don't really self that with others just self that with your kind of really close knit because that means you can go way quicker and way stronger without kind of listening to all the negative stuff around you so um yeah i guess and also i was young and probably more naive uh, about the whole thing the, these people that you're mentioning it, it, do you mean by that that, that are these are these mentors not necessarily uh, my lawyer who's my age is okay. you know is a really really good advice not only legal advice which is amazing but as a friend he'll be like okay you clearly messed up. I think this is bad. I think you're not doing properly in this section. So he's someone who's really, really good advice generally. Um, I have uh, I have a lot of people. I have my mum, obviously, who's not in fashion, who's someone who's way more pragmatic. And I think my mentors are not aren't people necessarily in fashion. And that's why that's what's really uh, healthy about Tag Walk is that I'm not only being told by people who are really big series what to do. I'm being told by people who don't know fashion, actually, I don't understand your website. Well, I want to know why you don't understand my website because if you don't understand it, someone else won't understand it. So mm. I think it's really being open-minded about, you know, and also actually the negative feedback is what got Tagwalk where it is. So when someone's like, Tagwalk's great, I love it and it's amazing and I'm happy and my ego is, you know, a happy ego. But what I prefer is when someone says, I went on Tagwalk and I love your website, but actually I didn't get how that worked because that, that means I get amazing feedback to my team being like, listen, this isn't working. And that's really how Tagwalk grew. It's just getting all the people to criticize my website, basically. Wow. You are coming to sort of represent this new generation of young tech entrepreneurs in fashion. And I really mean that. I mean, you were on the Vanity Fair, most important people in France list. Yeah, in the world. In the Please. world. <laughs> in the world. Most important yeah. French people in the world. That was it, right? Yeah, the 50 most influential <clears throat> French people in the world. What? So that's next to Kylian Mbappe and <laughs> no, French lost. President Emmanuel Macron, who you may yeah. have heard of. Um, <laughs> so things have changed a lot since the first time I actually interviewed you for the Coveters yeah, a few years I ago. Baby. I actually used to work for my sofa at that time when Monica first interviewed me. Yeah, but you were brilliant. Yeah, Ikea um, sofa. Ikea, if you hear us. But yeah. you know, so you've come up, you know, through this industry and now you're a key figure in it. Uh, in Paris, which is renowned to be, well, at least difficult to break into. It's closed. It's you know, arguably the best taste in the world. And with that, with great power comes great snobbiness, you know. Yes, so definitely. <laughs> has working behind the scenes in fashion and making all of these connections made you appreciate the fashion industry more or less? 
Um, I think more and less. So uh, I get to meet uh, not more interesting people, but I guess, uh, I guess more interesting people, if I have to be not so correct. I get to meet really good CEOs um, and really good head of strategies and, you know, head of data. And that's those people, actually, the higher you go up in the industry and the kind of industry um, ladder, the, the more the more time they have for you and the more advice they have for you and the more patient they are with you, mm-hmm. which is really weird because at some level in fashion, people are kind of shallow isn't the word, but, you know, quite mean and can be quite snobby and, and don't really help you and don't really believe in you. And actually, the more you speak to someone higher up, the, the more they have time for you. So I think it's made me appreciate way more the industry. And what I've realized is you don't have to have worked in fashion to get to know these people because... If your idea is a good idea, these CEOs will always have time for you because it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, how much money you have. It, that doesn't actually matter. What matters is your idea. And I've realized that when I've emailed CEOs out of the blue, they've 99.9% of the time replied, not knowing who I was. That's interesting. And that's why I think it's good for this podcast to tell people, listen, it's not because you don't have any connections in fashion or because you haven't interned in fashion or because you don't know anyone in fashion that you can't actually do something because... Mm. Yeah, I knew people when I used to intern, I used to be like an assistant, but I used to be a fashion assistant. So I wasn't like hanging out with CEOs all day long. Uh, you know, like, wasn't my job. Um, but now you are. <coughs> well, not all day long, but sometimes, sometimes. you hang out with us too. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, so I think a good idea brings you a long way. Um, and the barriers have really changed where, you know, they used to not really listen to influencers and not really listen to young people. And now they really, they're really eager to get to know what we're thinking mm. and how we think and how we perceive things and, you know, how we, how we perceive brands and why we perceive them that way. So they're really, they're really curious in knowing how we think. So I think the industry's changed in a really good way. So I like it more for that kind of side and less because you still have the, you know, lower and yeah. other people who are still, you know, you know, annoying and, and not that open-minded. And I guess if they're not that open-minded, that's why they're not high up in the ladder. I mean, it's kind of a vicious circle. Yeah, it's do. It is. But it isn't, it, I, I mean, this is a bit of a loaded question. I don't really know how to formulate it properly. But what about the fact that this industry is still, like, as you're saying, like these CEOs, I think more often than not, are like sort of like white guys in a suit at the very top, like trying to create brands for like, young, under, like younger audiences. Are you seeing more women at the top? Are you seeing like... Like, what's it like up there? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, that's a really, I'm not really into this whole, um, it's not that I'm not a feminist uh, at all. And <laughs> let's just be very clear about this. It's just that I actually spoke last week in the really big conference last Saturday, last week, last Saturday. And I was like, listen, I don't hire people, whether they're men or women. I hire them because they're good. Yeah. You know, I just look at the CV. I don't pay better if it's a man or a woman. I just pay better based on the CV. And, you know, when I go to these big companies, there are a load of women who I speak to. And actually, most people I speak to at the top are women. They're not the CEOs because the CEOs happen to be often either yeah. uh, family, fam, family yeah. owned companies or, you know, they've been there since they were about 20. So yeah, they've it's kind a of handful of people. But I do really listen. The people I really speak to on a day to day basis are women who are about 50, you know, I don't know how they are, but 45 to 65, let's say, you know, really smart you know, great woman, the new um, director of La Gardère for Elle, etc. Claire Léos is a woman mm. and she's also a journalist and a writer. Mm. Uh, not a journalist, she's a writer. Um, and then, you know, Caring's head of communications is Valérie Duport and, you know, the head of kind of, you know, the, you have a lot of women in, in these industry and I just think 
the reason why they're smart is because they don't differenti- differentiate you if you're man or woman. Yeah, and isn't that the like eventual yeah. iteration of real feminism that we're all there based on merit? Yeah. and and not just feminism, but total equality. It's I don't like... even think it should be a question that should be brought up because the more we bring it up, the more it's creating a problem. Well, I, I don't want to not be there because I'm a woman, but I don't want to just be there because I'm a woman. Well, either. that's what I mean. But then the reason why I never bring it up or I never think it's a good thing to bring up is that I assume I'm there because I'm smart. Right. Or because I have a good product. I don't assume right. I'm that because I'm a woman. So because right. that's been co- like, and also my parents both worked in the same company at the same level for the same amount of time. So I think maybe right. that my education was like, no yeah. one's not as good as a man, but it's just in my head, there's no reason why a man should be there more than a woman mm. in any, any circumstance, ever. like ever. Yeah. You know, even if it's like an electrician, I don't mm. care if you're a great electrician and a woman, you know, go you, sure. like that's amazing. Sure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I wanted to ask you, what do you think, as a great boss, which I know you are, uh, what do you think, think makes, a, I don't think I'm great boss, makes but yeah. a good boss? Well, you know, I mean, yeah. listen, I, I I'm learning. Listen, boss. I'm really learning. I used to be an awful boss. Um, awful. Because, you know, you don't, you can't learn to be a boss. Like, you, you can't, no teacher will tell you how to be a good boss. It's really, you know, I'm very impatient. Um, I'm not Victor Hugo. Like, when I don't like something, I kind of say it very honestly and very bluntly. I've always been like that, even at boarding school. Like, if it's awful, it's awful. If it's crap, it's crap. If it's great, it's amazing. And the thing is, it's very complicated because I deal with a lot of, you know, people who are sensitive in my company and who do have egos and... Not big egos, but, you know, normal kind of yeah. self-worth ego. And, uh, <laughs> so I have some semblance <laughs> of self-worth. Exactly. Um, I think a good boss is not, is including the the opinion of an intern as much as your head of, you know, tech or whatever, because everyone is has opinions. And especially in startups, you need to understand why they think that. And the younger you are, the more interesting it's going to be to me. And then... 
I think it's also being able to really communicate properly. Uh, you know, I went to London. I was like, listen, I'm not, I'm going to London because I'm doing this, I'm doing that, just so they know exactly what's happening. Because sometimes you can't really tell all of your problems to your company. That's when you speak to your kind of close five. Mm. Carmen Busquets are really, my investors are one of my top five also, mm. um, like number one. Um, I think it's communication. I think it's including, it's including everyone. I think it's, actually being brutally honest about everything um i never sugarcoat anything so if we went through a bad month i'll say listen this month was terrible and these are the reasons why if i'm not feeling well i used to always hide it um i actually did a major burnout last year if i'm not feeling well I'll just say so now and then that the attitude changed because mm. the more honest you are with how you're feeling how your company's going actually the more they're going to give you energy and the more they're going to give you time but you learn you know i learned that through two years of not being like that and you know, a lot of people left my company and actually I do think a really, actually a really great woman, a CMO from a really big company was like, Alex, a natural selection happens. Um, you know, people leave and it doesn't matter. And it's just also not feeling bad when people do leave your company. And, you know, I think when you're young, you do end up taking everything very personally. And I've detached myself a bit from that, but I'm not a great boss yet. Hopefully one day. Well, and you're taking your team, excuse me, is very young and eager up and comers, but with great experience. Yeah. How do you figure out the right people to hire? Um, so it's never, it's, ugh. so I do have the CV, obviously, um, but it's really personality. I need people who are able to change uh, very quickly, very, because we pivot the whole time and, you know, Monday street style might be really important. And then Wednesday beauty might be the new priority. So I want people who are really able to adapt to that change people who are really excited about being in a startup like I'm not you know I'm not Coca-Cola I don't have special holiday gifts I don't have all these perks that you do have in big companies you know like I don't have 50% you know on clothes I don't have you know amazing restaurants in my company you don't have an office gym I I do not have an office gym do you have those beds like in Google? They no, apparently can sleep in beds. I don't beds. have ping pongs. I don't have beds. The Google of fashion doesn't have beds in the office. <laughs> what? I think people probably are quite happy to go sleep in their no, own I'm bed. I'm just waiting for Ikea to come by my office. Um, Ikea. Ikea. Um, and also, it's, yeah, it's for people to be like, listen, even if you do come in a startup, like, we're not, I don't have ping pongs. I don't have bean bags. Like, we need to work so much harder than other companies to get so much more established so much quicker. So... It's, you know, for some people leaving big companies, they think, oh, startups can be so fun, like drinks all together. The reality is we don't do that because I don't want to do that because I need to work when I'm at the office. I don't have time to do that. So I think, you know, it's 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 a difficult jump and I'm not a big company yet. We're not baby, baby. So it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a complicated balance. But my team who I hire, I really give them all the negative stuff. All of it. Like, that's how I hire people. I do all the negative stuff. I'm like, if you still want to come, you're going to love it. And what would you what would you tell it. people who are looking for alternative ways to get into the fashion industry? So the people who are not interested in going into a magazine or a brand and who want to find work opportunities at companies like your own, how do you well recruit? I recruit. You know, I think um, I think Instagram is still a really good, really good way of recruiting. You know, when I think of Sophie Fontanelle, yeah who's a French, a uh, really big French journalist, used to be at Elle for, I think, 10, 15 years. If I yeah. mm-hmm. I'll have to double check. And then Lubs, you know, she got fired from Elle. It was a little bit complicated. And she was 50, 52, and she created her Instagram. And she really created it and, you know, got to know her audience. And Yeah, and, and, and also, can I just say, like, 
of course, Sophie posts photos of herself, but you she's also she and she no, you don't. And she also writes these like incredibly yeah. down to earth, but from the heart, uh, social analyses, yeah, or exactly. or even just sort of reviewing little events I, yeah. or happenings. But it's really it's it's real. I think for those people who aren't in fashion, what I want is to get an idea of how they think and how how they think of the industry and how they perceive the industry. And just to bring me ideas, because even if you were, I don't know, working in architecture beforehand, but you say, listen, I love your website. I love fashion. I know you, I wasn't used to, I didn't used to be in fashion, but this is kind of what I've done. I thought your Instagram could be like this. This is an example. And I thought of doing this, 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 this and strategy. You know, I'm happy. Come, come on, come on board. Like I don't really have rules of what you have to have done beforehand, except obviously when it's kind of techie and, you know, you need to have, you know, particular, um, yeah, computer languages to work. But I'm pretty chilled. I just like, I just like smart, quick, polite. Education is like number one. I think yeah. it's probably my number one thing. Yeah. And so you mentioned Carmen Bousquet, who is yes. kind of your men- one of your men- biggest mentors, yeah. right? And yeah. also your investor. Um, this is really geeky, but how do you ask someone to be your mentor? Or did they have to ask you? Uh, no, um, I harassed Carmen. I sent her about 15 emails. Carmen, if you listen to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I really... So Carmen Bousquet is behind Netta Porter, Farfetch, Mother Prondi, Business of Fashion List. Um, she's really like really a visionary um, for everything in tech. Carmen is uh, dyslexic and she's deaf. So she she really uses her senses to figure out um, projects that are going to work. I didn't realize. It's really all about intuition. And I really, really emailed her 15 times not knowing her out of the blue. And I really perceived. And when I met her... She asked me four very simple questions, which were, what's the name of your website? Which is why the name of your website is critical when you create a website or brand or whatever. It's critical because, you know, Net-A-Porter is very logical. You know, it's Pret-A-Porter on the internet and Farfetch, mm. etc. So I said, tag walk. And then she was like, why did you create it? That's why the reason is incredibly important. So I so knew my reasons. It was so easy for me to pitch it. And then she asked me how much money I'd spent um, from my idea and conception in my head to when I was seeing her. Which is why, you know, money, being careful and and not showing off and just being humble about it is just vital for investors. Um, And then she asked me kind of what my exit strategy was um, at the time. And yeah, it went really quickly, but I kind of didn't really ask her. It was just more of a general knowledge of, okay, like we're going to do this together and it's going to be great. And she could make a decision based on those four answers. Uh, well, yeah, well, based on my personality, <laughs> because my website was like a month old. Um, but what's interesting is, actually, I had a really good point, which I really forgot. But do you think, but do you, I think the point is, do you think that when you are launching this kind of business or in any, any kind of business, it's important to find a mentor to be able to be guided in the right direction? Or should you just try and do it on your own until? No, I did it for, you know, a good, I did it for almost a year on my own without Carmen. Mm-hmm. And I think... She saw how I did it alone, and that's kind of what you know, she was like. Okay, she's strong enough to do something about a year, you know, a year on her own in her on her sofa. So I don't think you need someone from day one. I don't think anyone should feel pressured to be like, I need an investor. I need a common for you know strategy reasons because she's bright and she's smart, and I I kind of needed her help. But I didn't need. Um, yeah, I do, I just don't think this whole startup thing of needing an investor is like a number one rule. I don't mean an investor per se. I mean more someone who you can talk to, guide you, someone who either has 
launched businesses before yeah. or who's an expert in their field, a sounding board, if you will, someone to turn to when when things get tough. I don't know. I'm always like listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast and he's always banging on about mentors and I don't have one so no, I'm worried maybe no. that's, no, no, that's what, what I need. No, 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 I don't, I don't think so. That's why I'm being really hesitant about this question because I think the best tool you have as a human being is your intuition and when you kind of go back and listen to yourself and really listen to your inner self which sounds really stupid when you say it like out loud on the podcast but I really think you always have the answer. You know, I speak to Carmen when I have you know, Carmen is someone who I really speak to when they have big problems or, you know, big questionings, which I cannot answer alone. But I think for day-to-day stuff, I don't actually have a mentor. Like, I have no one. I just have my own right. self in my head. But what I was going to say is, when you do have an investor, never, ever, ever sugarcoat anything because, A, they always end up knowing anything, everything. <laughs> always. Always. And, B, if you don't tell them your problem in advance and they can't help you because you haven't told them, and then you have the problem, they're, they're going to be mad. They say, well, listen, you haven't told us and now you have a problem. Yeah. Whereas if you come in advance and say, listen, I had this issue, I don't know what to do, and the problem comes or you've told them about it, then it's so much easier to work with them. And I think, you know, I really think people who will listen to this podcast are often people who are trying to build their companies and you do need advice because I do get these questions like the whole, you know quite often. So it's great that on this podcast they can come and listen to it. And it really is just... Never try and say everything's fine because things aren't always fine and it's normal for things not to be fine. But always be honest about the fact they're not fine. Because yeah. then then you're you know, or you can't do a brief for a client or you're not on time for something. Always be honest about it because then, you know, your reputation when you start a company is like probably the most important thing, the most vital thing. Gosh, that's good advice. Thank you. Um, young designers are offered a platform on your site yes. alongside more established designers. Yes. Um, first of all, who are some of your favorite up-and-comers on oh, Tagra? I have so many babies. Um, so not so much more up-and-coming, but the one I really launched is Ali Gary, the jewelry, which we all love. Yeah. Um, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Ali Friend Gary. of the pod. Um, I love Marcia. You know, their dresses, really cool dresses. I wore one for my birthday. Did you? Yeah, it's the dress that you have to wear without knickers for anybody that doesn't know. And bra. Or bra, yeah. It's their open on the side. Exactly. And they're really cool. They're really sexy. Um, Very sexy and very chic. A fine balance. So chic. So cool. And then I have TL180, really cool handbag brand. Yeah, between Rome Rome and Paris. They actually just launched on their supporter. Um... I have who my baby ran oh Capucci really cool Roman brand um, Fig for summer I've got loads of cool brands but I think Marcia TL one eighty Ali Gary by far of course but you yeah. know by far yeah. super established now but yeah. they're still babies um, yeah. are my kind of yeah my new cool ones and I've got really cool earrings from a brand called um, and dot 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 Paris oh uh, yeah they're amazing they're baby baby little earrings and and Paris and, and um, Paris. they're in gold they're really affordable yeah actually cool. yeah they're cool um, so here's the thing that we were wondering yes tell me everything these brands now part of your business model is that they would pay a small fee yeah. to be seen alongside yeah within can the I just search. say why yes explain this it's to because us. small brands don't necessarily have the budget to pay budget to pay for a PR 
Yeah. His PRs are really expensive. Yeah. Even the cheapest PR will still be very expensive for a yeah, young no, brand. It's very and we offer a platform which is £120 a month, which is basically, um, two, I mean, it's 2,000 euros a year. So you divide it by 12. And that's very affordable for young brands. Whereas a PR will be at minimum 1,500 euros a month, which is a really big budget. So basically, we give them full visibility because we have all of the B2B industry on Tagwalk. So not all of them, but you know, a lot of them. A lot of the stylists. So basically, a young brand that doesn't have a PR, that needs to be seen, that doesn't have the contacts because they know no one in the industry will be on Tagwalk, will upload the pictures. They won't be better referenced. They'll be refer- all, our, all our referencing is by alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. So no brands, you know, it's literally A, B, C, D, up to Z, look one, look two, etc. So then suddenly someone will be like, oh, red dress, oh, master, oh, what's master? I don't know about master. Oh, the PR contacts. Then. And then we direct them straight to the brand. And it really gives them kind of really organic traffic without paying too much money. That's why we did it that way. That's super interesting. Yeah. So actually, you're giving a, a really strong voice for younger brands in a way. Yeah, actually. The yeah. opportunity to appear alongside, if you like, at a stylist is calling in for a story. That they yeah. really can. Yeah. Listen, all the find brands some we new signed. Names. I know, we're trying. All the brands we signed about two, three years ago have all signed every year ongoing. So I think it's for them, it's, yeah, it's a really good platform. But as a result, you've you've sort of taken trend forecasting from an art form to a science. Don't you think that's going to take away some of the magic? Well, it depends because I don't find it very magical when someone's like, oh, I think mustard's a great trend in two years' time. How? Just to just to backtrack for one second, though, <sighs> also you, the way yeah. that you have taken it to a science is that you are genuinely going through every single collection and seeing yeah. what's getting the most hits, yeah. right? Mm. I'm not doubting the method. I'm just I'm just wondering whether... No, the method is... Yeah. Yes. No, no, it's the undebatable and it's science. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that... Well, but, the thing uh, is, you're, you're in tune non-waste, right? And what? You, you you don't like waste? No. Yeah. So when someone's like, oh, I think mustard's a great trend in two years' time, let's produce mass-produce mustard. And actually, it's not a trend. Where do these clothes go? The bin. Whereas we say, listen, mustard isn't a trend. It's going to be a little bit of a baby trend. You could do a couple of t-shirts. I'm literally sitting here in a mustard sweater. <laughs> <laughs> what a lame Sorry. Like, just mustard such a visual color. <laughs> like, it's so, like, oh, yeah, it's a great color on you, like, though. This is, like, kind of, like, a, a Dijon that you've left in the fridge for too exactly. long. Exactly. Well, the thing is, I think it really helps, um, you know, all the sustainability thing. Wait, wait, thing let me understand this. So, yeah. like, when people are trend forecasting, that's to predict how much they're going to be producing for the future, how much they're going to be putting something... Well, not how much they're going to be producing, but let's say they all produce um, sparkly pink tops. And we see in our data, there are no sparkly pink tops being A, searched for, B, in the structure of collection, B, at all getting hits in any part of the world. You're well, like, newsflash. Well, I'd rather say, listen, guys, the sparkly black is something, or pink, you know, green or yellow, whatever, but don't go for pink. Because if they produce pink and it's not being sold, it's complete waste. So I think, I do agree the magic is kind of going away from like, oh, I think mustard or sparkly pink is great. But then we're also helping. <laughs> but like, isn't that how you start a trend by putting things out there that are not? Yeah, but that's tre- up to the designers. Exactly. Yeah. Got you. That's what I mean. It's not up to the masses. Yeah. Got you. Got you. See. Do you accept that? I accept it. Oh my god! Can you accept it? Something. Yay. I knew that when I was going to talk about sustainability, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" I was not expecting that one. So, scientifically speaking, what are the key trends of this past season's shows? You could have told me that beforehand. I would check. No. 
basically um so leopard was really big all kind of animal print this is going down by the way i don't know when this podcast is coming up but we're not forecasting it for next year oh leopard yeah leopard is out people (laughs) thank god (laughs) get over it i'm an old mustard and you're in an old leopard but you guys are really on trend right now, though, so, so we're fine. Okay. Um, no, leopard, kind of, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, right now, so for this kind of season for winter, leopard, uh, dominatrix, that kind of cool, really cool vinyl, black trenches, etc. That's really great. Um, dominatrix. Yes, that's dominatrix, people. Dominatrix. Bold colours. Neon. No. No? No. Bold colours and neon, very different. Oh, sorry. Bold colours are like bright yellow, but not neon. Like pink, yellow, red, orange, like like a like a primaries. Yeah, like a rainbow. Okay. Neon is in trend, but that's like green neon, like off white, for example. Oh. Yeah. Um, off white, the brand, not the color. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. off white, the brand, Virgil Abloh. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But this is just to clarify. And then for tailoring our suits, at home. but not so masculine, like super oversized, kind of. Um, not butchy, but like kind of like super, super oversized. That's not so much a trend. Tailoring is definitely a trend, but more... Relaxed tailoring. A bit more like Victoria Beckham, kind of like chic and a bit more You know fitted. who just launched a good one? Caperni. Mm. Yeah, actually, yeah. Like Caperni. Exactly. Shout out. You told us that you used to have your team do all the manual tagging on your website, but you're yeah. using artificial intelligence now. Is that right? Yeah, we mix both. So basically, I think saying that fashion is going to be replaced by... Um, Technology is a myth. Um, well, I I don't know. Like we were worrying about that. We were going to ask you because apparently, like there are AI influencers. Have you have really, you heard of Little yeah, Michaela? No. Yes, but I don't think that's a thing. I think it's a complete trend, cool thing to be like, oh, AI is great. Oh, technology and fashion is going to replace everything. Tagwalk could not work without the human eye. Right. It's as simple as that. So we have AI for everything that's very simple: mustard, pink, yellow dress short dress etc but then we were still training with a human eye everything else that's going to be pagoda sleeve um 1960s 1970s so i think you know fashion needs the human side always fashion will always need influencers to interpret a jumper in a different way and wear it a different way fashion will always need people to understand the data because you know tie-dye is a really big trend it was a big trend because behemoth rhapsody's uh film cover was tie-dye and also um, Coco Chanel's latest thing was a tie dye. So, you know, the sociological thing of fashion is really, really important. And that's where the magic comes back in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's where the magic comes back in. That's why I think you really need both. You're one of the most well connected people in business right now, but who are you looking up to? Give uh, us some tips so we can we can know who to interview next. <laughs> um I really so for, I really look up to anyone who's created something, um, whether it's in fashion or not in fashion. So I think my number one would probably be Car- uh, well, Carmen, obviously, but then uh, Natalie Masne, which mm. is a no-brainer. Are we all waiting to see what Natalie Masne's next big? Yeah, we were actually discussing with Monica, try- asking her if she would come on the pod. She well, Natalie's yeah. You need to be. She she's a smart, smart, smart um, cookie. That one. Uh, ima- what with imaginary ventures? What she's doing with yeah. it? Yeah, that's yeah. So Natalie, I think I call her Natalie. Like I know her. Uh, I have met her, but like don't know her. Uh, Natalie Masne, um, I think is amazing. I think you know in France, uh, the girl who created Globar in London, Sasha. Mm, yeah. You know, like it's not about 
fashion it's about she created a space and she had this vision of having this space in London and how to create it and I think what is Glow Bar for it's the infrared sauna yeah on with amazing facials and all of this but it's just very cool and young and yeah and she basically said listen adaptogens are really important for for your healthcare and for your well-being and she had this idea and she created it and I think it's, you know, I really respect all these people who have these kind of crazy ideas like Natalie Massenet at the start and, you know, far-fetched, you know, what Jose created was amazing, is insane. I think Herbarium, the people in Paris, you've got these really cool pressed flowers. Yeah. Two girls were like, we love pressed press, press flowers, let's do, let's do something. They've created a huge business out of it. Yeah. So I really, really respect any doers who have a vision and who go for it. But my number one would be Carmen. Yeah. who's you know who's invested in major people with intuition and with her very smart brain seeing way further than anyone else and I think Natalie Massenet yeah for sure solid yeah um last but not least yeah a little fun can you tell us who your favorite accounts to follow online are uh, on Instagram fashion I felt up <laughs> no I do love you guys do not even embarrass us we have not yeah, you should update we'll it we'll update it with lots of photos oh of my god can Alexandra. I turn my phone back on and tell you everyone I love yeah you can turn off airplane mode thank We're you making an exception thank you um okay right I'm gonna go my things I love oh, so many Annie Charrier Monica in the DLV obviously tag walk tag walk um, Okay, no, actually, I follow really, really cool accounts. I'm going to tell you them right now. Indigo, I-N-D-G-0. Okay. Don't know it. Wow. Don't know it either. It's okay. all about, like, NASA inspirations. It's really, I love what the NASA. It? Not, oh, it's like, na- as in the moon. Oh, NASA. Yeah, but there, she, like... Oh, wow. It's oh. Like, it's, like, really cool inspiration pictures. Pictures oh, of wow. the moon and of the... Glitter, moon, galaxies. Like. Hey, unicorns. You're quite spiritual like that, though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm really, um, yeah, I'm really into stuff like that. Into like, wow. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, I really believe in stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then I have uh, NASA. I went to, actually, I went to Texas to visit um, the NASA Space, Space Center. How was that? Amazing. It was so good. Somewhere I would like to live, love. Do you know that one? I love that yeah, one. Yeah, I love that. Um, Somewhere I would like to live, that is. Old Magnets, one. really good. Old Magnets? Yeah, it's really cool. I've got really cool. It's like um, it's like from cinema, quotes from cinema, like really old movies, etc. Wow. Then I've got one called Parisian's Night, Parisian Nights. I'm really good with my Instagram. Like, you are. I'm so glad we are. There's one you should follow. It's called Parisian's in Paris. Oh, good one! Yeah, it's like that sneaky one where some some gossip girl is taking pictures of. Uh, yeah, basically, cool it's like someone in Paris who like goes and like takes pictures of like random people in the street, and then cool people in parties, and then posts them, but without ever saying who she is. It just started recently. Yeah, it's really cool. I wonder who it is. Kemi, do you know who it is? No, I don't. Have you ever seen it? No, I've not been featured on it. So, well, yeah, but they don't tag people. Oh, so how would you know? I don't know. You've got too many followers to find who, to see who features you anyway. No, it's not true. I, lo- I always look at everything that happens. On we're actually trying to resu- reduce my screen time at the moment, but I always, I always, I we, I mean me myself and yeah, I, I are trying to me. reduce my screen. <laughs> All of Cammy's personalities are reducing. Their we are working time. on my screen time. Um, no, I know that's not true. I always read and look at everything that really? I'm tagging in. All the all the DMs. All the yeah. And how do you take? Uh, do you leave? I'm going to interview you, you now, can you? <laughs> when people criticize you on your Instagram, do you leave them or do you delete them? Um, not only do I leave them, but I tend to reply, which I know I shouldn't do. Sometimes you don't. You mustn't. That's interesting. Well, 
Alexandra Van Hoot, Thank founder you so of Tagwalk. Much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Lovely to see you. Bye. Bye. I always love hearing about the backstory of great businesses. I find it so inspirational. And when I'm having, when I'm having a day where I don't really know where I'm going or what I'm, what I'm doing, I always tend to turn to a podcast that's going to like teach me about how great people have got to where they are. So I'm really, really thankful that Alexandra like took the time to sit and chat to us today. Yes, big thank you to Alexandra and the Tagwalk team who are all wonderful. I've been to their offices in Paris. Thanks for lending your boss to us. And thank you all of you for joining us again today. As always, if you've enjoyed the episode, please do um, rate us on iTunes. It really makes a big difference for us. So yeah. five stars really help. And rate and review, baby. Rate and review. And... um Oh, we also remember that a last episode, we mentioned the fact that we needed an intern and we were not very directional in our requirements. And we've got some really, really lovely emails from a lot of you from around the world um, sending us your CVs, etc. We should have preempted this by um, saying that we, we really need that person to be London or Paris based. Yeah. Because we can't afford to... Well, it's hard enough that we live in different cities, so we need you to live in one of the two cities we live in. But that's our mistake. And we have so appreciated hearing from all of you. And one day when FNF goes worldwide, we'll call you. But by all means, do continue to send us your applications Please. because we still haven't managed to find someone that fits quite right, even though a lot of the people that sent in would have been wonderful if they had lived in London or Paris. Um Yes. And um, again, if you have any production experience or maybe you're in journalism school, that is always a real plus. Anyway, thank you so much for joining again today and we will see you next time. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.